Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for September has been provided by Joyent, the only cloud service that's purpose-built to power today's real-time web and mobile applications. Joyent offers the most cost-effective public and hybrid cloud solutions available today. Here at 5x5, we host all of our web and app servers in the Joyent cloud, so we highly recommend you check them out and sign up for a free trial at joyent.com. Our first sponsor today is Hover.com, Simplified Domain Management. You've probably registered a domain with a company that just wants to sell you services you're not interested in, when all you want is a simple .com or maybe a .co or .tv. Hover makes it easy. You just type in a few keywords, and Hover figures out some available domains using those terms for you, just like magic. They have real human beings available for support, and their number is right on the front page of their website. If you have any problems at all, just pick up the phone and call. Hey, that rhymed. Use the code DANSENTME or visit Hover.com slash DANSENTME and you'll get 10% off of everything you buy from Hover.com. All right, my guest this week is Ellen Hinton, a.k.a. Ellen once again. She's a musician, a recording artist, and a teacher. How are you doing, Ellen? I'm doing great. How are you? I am, I am well. I am well. Um, so you have a new, a new album out right now that people can find. Uh, it's called I'm Feeling Lucky. Yes. And this is, I believe, uh, how, how recently was this released? Um, this was released actually maybe about five months ago. Okay. So it's about, about a half a year old. I'm half a year behind as usual. <laughs> um, and I found it on Spotify, which is great for me. Where, where else can people check out this album? Um, they can find it on iTunes. Reverb Nation. Um, you can listen to it on my website, ellenwitzagain.com. Awesome. All right. And, so, and, and it's called I'm Feeling Lucky, and, and your name as an artist is Ellen Once Again. Yes. And, and who all does Ellen Once Again encompass? Ellen Once Again is um, me, but every once in a while when you see me post, I'll say the Ellen Once Again band. And um, that encompasses my husband, Andre Hinton, and, and, and we have a drummer, um, Jerome, and we just all kind of come together. And when we perform live, a lot of times we'll see all of us together. So <laughs> great! I love pulling in the, the other elements. You know, if I'm doing a small show, I'll just do it by myself. But whenever they say, OK, this is a festival going on, I'm like, oh, great. I get to pull in all the elements and, you know, try to make it as cool as possible. <laughs> It's nice to work with other people, isn't it? It really is. It really is. I mean, I like it so much more because it's just um, a lot more flexibility. And, yeah. you know, when you're kind of by yourself, it's, it's great. You know, it's a very intimate setting, setting but when you're with other people, it's, it just for some reason feels like I can just have a lot more fun. <laughs> for sure. We can jam off of each other. Right. And, and, and you're not working in a vacuum. Like you're not trying to make everything sound the way it sounds in your head. You're trying to get other people exactly. to, to play off of what you're thinking. Exactly. And um, there's a lot more impro- improvisation that happens when there's um, – a band. Right. <laughs> you know, we can just go into our little jam session over here and just do live music and, you know, and just really, really get into the music where when you're by yourself, you can, you know, improvise a little bit, but you know, it's just not as lengthy as when you can do a drum solo or you can do a bass <laughs> solo. <laughs> so one of the things you're known for is, is your work with musical instruments and recording on the iPad. 
Yes. And you you have you've managed to create a career out of uh, kind of um, melding modern technology with traditional recording technology. Yes. And yes. so you use the iPad both as a musical instrument platform and as a scratch pad. Yes. To kind of uh, to 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 take your ideas and and bring them to live musicians to create your your albums. Yes. Um I do that as well as um, doing videos. It kind of almost serves as a loop pedal. <laughs> it's where I can um, create live and then I can add a lot of uh, non-traditional instruments. And um, I love traditional music, but I also like kind of pushing the envelope just a little bit <laughs> and, and bringing in the iPad. And I know a lot of musicians who are traditional may not really care for that, but to me, it's, it's just the best of both worlds. And um and I'm feeling lucky. I didn't use as many. I used a lot of traditional instruments because I was working with other people. But it was great to be able to say um, to help them get your vision because a lot of them were like, OK, well, what about this song? Oh, I can't really see how that goes. But then I can pull up a YouTube video of me singing. I'm feeling lucky. Or I can pull up, bring the iPad in and say, okay, here's the track. This is how it sounds. And it already has everything laid out. And then, of course, people are able to add from there and say, oh, okay, I get that. So what's your favorite tool? First, I should comment that your use of Bebot in one of your older videos was one of my favorite uses of Bebot of all time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I have I I have spent hours just playing with that app and and never recording anything. But yes. to see someone actually use it in a recording and use it in a way that it didn't stand out until in your video, you do a lot of YouTube videos and in your video you actually showed the little Bebop guy like singing and and then you could pick out his part, but it was really well integrated into the music. Very impressive. Thank you so much. Um, I think Bebot is one of, I need to bring him back, but he's one of my favorite too. Um, <laughs> just because I know this is like the whole girl thing coming out of me, but he's like, you know, it's so cute the way it works <laughs> and it's so visual. So it's kind of like, you know, even though it's the lead sound, it's like, you know, it was just awesome that they just put the Bebot with it. It just makes it that much better. <laughs> well, yeah, without, without the Bebot character. It would be like reading a cartoon without any illustration. Exactly. And it would ju- it would be kind of boring. But really you put would. him in there and it has some life. It's it's a brilliant app. And it stands out and, and it really just stands out. And, it, you know, just um, his attire as well. <laughs> <laughs> his attire is awesome. So, you know, it's like so, whoever thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from Bebot, what, what are your favorite tools on the iPad for creating music um wow there's so many there's so many um definitely using garage band um cubases cubases is a, a great one because um when i record in the studio i, I do a lot of cubase so cubases is just kind of a, a second nature to me it's like i already know how to kind of use it how to use this and and i can just go from there um mm, Voice live, I'll, I guess. I guess we can talk about that a little bit later. But I use that a lot, even when performing live. And um, those are a lot of the music apps: Loopy, Voice Jam. <laughs> Loopy is Loopy still available? Yes, because that yes. was a that was a really great app. I wrote about that app. I think 
probably four years ago. Does that make sense? Has it been that long? About three years ago. It's yes. been at least three years ago. Uh, we we recently used um, Loopy and um, Bruno Mars Treasure video. And it was just a lot of fun just putting all the parts together. And we um, recorded live, but then we pre-recorded the loopy part. So I can just press, you know, the loopy, you know, as we were playing along. And and it just made it really cool because I, I could even throw in a piano um, solo in there. And the loopy was kind of keeping the beat and keeping track for me. So it was great. That is really cool. I used to use loopy a lot with my uh, acoustic guitar. I'd just uh, hang like a... When I was um, just playing around, I'd hang a uh, headset with a microphone, like, you know, like earbuds. Yes. And I'd just hang it and I would just play and then just keep like uh, phrase sampling, basically, and creating tracks on top of tracks using Loopy. That was a great app. Yes, I, I really, I really like Loopy. And like I said, it, it, it makes things really easy. I know we've used that in the voice jam and a couple of others, but I, I like Loopy a lot. Do you use, uh, you, you primarily play keyboards, right? I primarily play keyboard and I fiddle around with guitar just a little bit, but my main instrument or my, my main love is the keyboard. <laughs> and, and your voice, which is, which is yes. awesome. But, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, as far as keyboard apps go, do you have any favorite, uh, keyboard apps on the iPad? Um, usually when I use the um, keyboard, I use a lot in GarageBand. Okay. And, you know, they have a couple of different um, keyboards and uh, synthesizers you can choose from. Pianist Pro is another one that I've used. Pianist Pro. I haven't seen that one. Oh, okay. Um, but I will make sure it makes it into the show notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, cool. Okay. So do you record like the stuff that you put on YouTube? Do you actually record in GarageBand on the iPad or in GarageBand on a Mac? I usually use the GarageBand on the iPad. Really? Yes. That's awesome. And it, it's really very convenient. You know, I can just kind of play it. You know, if I add the drums, I can kind of play the drums in there. And you can just kind of put it all together right there. So um, usually we're using the iPad for just a lot of it. You know, of course, when we use the piano, a lot of times we um, we hook up. Until the iPad, but for the most part, you know, on GarageBand, we can pretty much use all of the instruments. So, do you find like the latest version of GarageBand on the i GarageBand on the iPad has like um, it's like a pseudo pressure sensitivity, like a velocity change, right? Do you find that workable for playing? Mm. We usually use an external keyboard, yeah. so a lot of times that kind of solves a lot of those. And I think for the external keyboard, it gives me a little bit more flexibility as well as what keys I can play. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> right? sure. Right. So if I really want to go in, in depth, I can kind of, I can do that. And um, yeah, it's to, not just there. <laughs> to play it on screen kind of limits you to one octave and, uh, and, right. and you have to watch your fingers for everything you do. Exactly. Exactly. I can't, and, um, I can't even touch type on an iPad. Don't tell anyone. Oh, <laughs> well, and, and a lot of times we also use the IO dock. And um, of course, we can hook up a couple of different connections to that as well. So that makes things really convenient. So what what generation iPad do you use? The iPad. 2. OK, 
because I got an iPad three and I've never gotten the IO dock to work with it. Really? Yeah, but I think I think I had a bum IO dock to begin with. Oh, okay. I really, I really, I love the idea, but I've never gotten it working, so I may have to try wow. again. Well, I know with the um the iPad two, we pretty much use it for everything. <laughs> Cool. And it just hooks, you know, the connections. It makes it the iPad a little bit easier to hook to external devices. So, so oh, a lot. <laughs> you said that that some traditional artists don't they, they may frown upon the idea of recording with an iPad. Um, do you find when you're working in the studio with musicians that the iPad is generally accepted as far as like showing them ideas? I think it is. It's generally, and the more um, and more musicians start that start using the iPad, I think it's becoming a little bit more accepted, you know. But of course, when we first started using it, it was like, well, this sounds like a toy, or they don't like this, or you know, it, you know, it was a lot of those things. Like, well, I can't play the full, you know, keys, sure. or I can't do this. But I think now that you know. Um, you're seeing more people use the iPad and you're seeing a lot of creators who are creating uh, wonderful apps for the iPad. You know, I think it's becoming a little bit more accepted. Well, and you were one of the very first artists to really latch on to the iPad as a musical instrument and as a recording tool. Do you think that what, what would you attribute your willingness to embrace the iPad to? Oh my goodness. That is, you know what? I think a lot of the, it was the cool factor. Sure. <laughs> you hate to say that, but it was the cool factor because you see a lot of, um, I just saw so many people creating apps for it. And I know at the very beginning, um, you know, the apps maybe weren't as great, but you know, as more people started developing as apps for the iPad, you know, it was that healthy competition. <laughs> Sure. And, it, and it just made all of the apps um, a little bit better and kind of step up. And and now there's a lot of awesome apps. And I, you know, I can only imagine that it's going to get better. But um, that um, the sense of kind of proving to people that it's not just a toy. <laughs> um, I think the first video, the Hazel sister, um, it was me and my husband and we were um a lot of friends were over, a lot of musician friends, and they're like, oh, that toy that, you know, you know, that toy, the iPad. And, you know, it was just one of those things like, but there's so many cool things about it. So it was just one of those things that we wanted to show how many cool things that you can do with it from the V-Bot to we just tried to pull in as many apps and as many cool things as possible. So you accepted the challenge to prove it wasn't just a toy. Yes, yes. And like I said, now it's so funny because, you know, you see more and more people kind of getting to that point where like, oh, okay, it's not a toy. But, you know, it's just kind of like the way time is what time does. You know, after a while, people start accepting that, you know, it's just not a toy. And it kind of reminds me a lot of um, even recording, you know, for a while, for a long time, analog was the standard. And digital was this new thing that, you know, it was just so weird and, you know, it couldn't be taken serious, seriously. And now digital is the standard. So I think there's a lot of uh, change coming in yeah. the way that a lot of people are going to start viewing the iPad and start view viewing mobile recording. It does take people a while to accept mm -hmm. 
the transition from analog to digital is still, you know, it's still people still argue about it. Right. Oh, yes. But but overall, the recording industry has embraced digital finally. Yes. Yes. um, I'm going to take a quick break for our second sponsor. Okay. And then we will come back and talk a little bit about, about the writing process. Awesome. All right. So our second sponsor today is Shutterstock.com, where you'll find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock.com gives you a global image collection to find images from around the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages, and you can choose whatever fits your need and never have to compromise. If you need just one image for your blog or your mock-up, you can do that too. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you'll find something new because they add 10,000 new images every day. It's more affordable than you think, too, with no extra charge for large files. You can download any image at any size and pay only one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high-resolution images. If you need them, just take them. Easily curate and share pictures via light boxes. You can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own Lightbox gallery as you search. You can also use your iPad app to do this. Then there's something called Enhanced License Access. If you like an image and want to run it on print or swag for your trade shows, they can get you an an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips, should you need any of those. If you need help at Shutterstock.com, you get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions. And they also have 24-hour support during the week. To sign up for a free browse account, go to Shutterstock.com. No credit card needed. When you find the images you like and decide to purchase, use the offer code DANSENTME9, all one word, and get 25% off of any package you put together over at Shutterstock.com. All right. So when you sit down and you're writing, you do a lot of covers that are really cool, but you also do original music. Yes. And when you sit down and and do you ever sit down just specifically to write a song and find uh, like a blank page syndrome, like you don't know where to start? Or do you have a process that kind of bypasses that? I usually have a process that bypasses that. Now, I do um, believe it or not, I've heard people say the opposite, but usually I'm playing something first. So a lot of times I will get on the piano and I will just play I'll play around. I'll play chords. And if I like something, I usually record it in my phone and the iPad. (laughs) And so I have like all of these ideas. So when it's time to write, I usually just kind of go through there. If I have like lyrics, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go through all of my chords. And if I like this melody, then I can just kind of start putting everything together. It doesn't always come right away, but a lot of times, you know, because I've already pre-recorded an idea for the music, it will come pretty quickly. So how often do you hear something or or think of something and then run to record it? Very often. <laughs> I say I, um, I do so much writing and I have a lot of songs that I haven't been able to get out, but um a lot of times writing will come from how I'm feeling that day. Um, writing can come from, I saw a commercial on television that I really like. <laughs> and I, I love, you know, the ideal of that. So then I can just kind of change it around and kind of make it feel how I want it to feel. So sometimes that's an idea. 
Um, I, I pull a lot from, believe it or not, television shows. One of one of my main goals is to write for film and television. So, you know, certain scenes, I'm like, I could write for that scene. Um, sometimes I've written on the spot. I know um, I'm feeling lucky, actually, from um, the EP. It was a contest, and um, it was the Les Paul Google guitar, and it was on the screen that morning. And a lot of people were just playing, you know, kind of playing with the guitar on the screen. And um, and they were having a contest and they were like, OK, can anybody come up with an idea or anything like that? So that's where I'm feeling lucky came from, because it was the Google Doodle. Wow. <laughs> and at that time, the Google had the I'm feeling lucky button. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the awesome. idea came from there. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, wow. So. Do do you find that uh, the iPad and and modern technology allows you to write more prolifically? Does it does it enable a certain amount of um, brainstorming for music that you couldn't have done before? I believe it does. Um, there have been and and as I'm writing, I know um, I haven't released a lot of the songs. I performed them live, but. Um, I do have a song that I specifically wrote in GarageBand and I was just playing with the instruments and um, with the synthesizers and coming up with different sounds. And a lot of times hearing that, it um, can kind of take your mind different places where me just playing it on the piano, I can really hear the piano part and I can kind of take the melody from there. But just playing with, you know, the, the beats in there and then being able to pull in like the organ and, the, you know, the keyboards and and the guitar strumming, it kind of allows me to put everything together. So there are songs that I've written in the iPad. And, and I don't know if if like GarageBand or different programs would have been there if I would have been able to get those ideas because of the instruments that they had in the program. You know, it kind of gave me the ideas for the song. Do you lose ideas? Do you have like ideas that you didn't get down fast enough? And then later on, you remember that you had something, but you can't play it again. Does that ever happen? (laughs) Yes. Most of the time I try to have my phone with me and I can kind of, you know, hum melodies. So a lot of times if if anybody ever got my phone, they would probably think it was so weird because a lot of it is (laughs) just a bunch of (laughs) hums and laws, but um, every once in a while, you'll be somewhere and and you can't record it fast enough or you don't want to look silly doing that in the store. So you'll say, I'll just wait till I get in the car. And then by the time you've gotten into the car, you've forgotten the idea. <laughs> I, I hate that. I, I hate that. absolutely hate that. And you're always wondering, like, you know, I wonder how this song would have turned out. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe yeah, this would have been the song right here, but, you know, or anything. You know, I've had, uh, believe it or not, dreams, and they have their own soundtrack. Sure. <laughs> and then you wake up and you can't remember the, oh, the music. Is, You're like, infinitely frustrating. That is so frustrating. <laughs> they need uh, They need a dream recorder app. That would be so awesome. <laughs> really would. All right. So, um, what what else influences when you sit down to write a song, technology or not? What else influences your your music? Um, the instrumentation. Sometimes writing writing with other people. You know, they can bring in 
ideas or they may play something that, you know, just kind of takes you to a different level. And um, sometimes that can influence, of course, that can influence you because, you know, when you're writing with somebody else, you know, now you have two people brainstorming and bringing all the thoughts together. And it may start off one way and it may end up somewhere else, somewhere that you didn't think that it was going to end up. And a lot of times that's great. Every once in a while, you're like, oh, I don't know where this went. But (laughs) for the most part, you know, it turns out really great. So, um, you know, the iPad, I've done that, the instrumentation. Um, A lot of times I will write by myself and I'll have ideas. And and if I do write with somebody else, then I can just kind of go back into these ideas or these lyrics and we can just I can just kind of throw those in there. So it's not so much of writing from a blank slate. Do you, do you generally write the music or the lyrics first? The music. I am definitely a music person. I usually come up with um, at least the melody and just me playing on the piano. And then I'll write the lyrics every once in a while. I'll write the lyrics first, but it is a little bit harder for me to, um, fit that format, you know, with the writing the lyrics first, because I do like to hear where the song is going. So does the mood of the song, does the the feel of the song then help you create the lyrics? It definitely does. It definitely does. Um, If it's a slow song, then, you know, the lyrics are a little bit uh, more melancholy, you know, where if it's an upbeat song, then of course, I try to put, you know, upbeat ideas with that, of course. So. <laughs> so the melody definitely helps guide where the song is going to go. And if again, if I'm uh, writing a song and I'm feeling a certain way that I can kind of go back to, I wrote this melody a long time ago, but it's perfect for how I'm feeling today. So I, I've, I haven't heard all your work, but from what I've heard, your songs are almost always they're soulful but upbeat. Yes. Do you, do you ever have? Do you ever write like dark, angry songs? Has that ever happened? You know what? I do. I, <laughs> I have uh, written some jazz songs. I've written some dark, melancholy songs. But usually, when it gets to the point of recording, <laughs> sure, sure. Then, then if I'm working with other people, of course, they're always going to go to the upbeat songs because yeah. you know they're like, "Well, this fits your personality a lot more." <laughs> but I, of course, I write so many different styles. So, if anything, if I'm if I really love the song, I'll perform it. And um, a lot of times, performing to me is great because I can kind of throw noodles on the wall and. A lot of times, like, um, I, I think on my first album, I did Lost Soul, which is a slow song. And it's just kind of piano and strings. And that made it on there because so many people liked it when I performed live. So it was one of those things where, OK, this has to be on here because this is a favorite when I perform live, even though it was a little bit slower and more, you know, the, the lyrics were a little bit sadder. So sure. that made it on there. But most people... uh really like the I'm feeling lucky in the upbeat song. So those really make it. <laughs> Definitely. Make it to the EPs. <laughs> so you, you talk about like hearing something in a television commercial or on a TV show or seeing a scene that kind of influences your music. And you also talk about uh, hearing someone else's take on your idea and having that kind of 
level up. Yes. Um, do, do you do you think that do you think there's any truly original music left to be written, or is everything really an evolution of of ideas? Oh, that is a very good question. It's also a um, huge question. That's a huge question. There's so many different answers. I can't remember who, but I think I heard somebody say that there's not any original chords left or right. any uh, original, you know, chord progressions left. But um, I think it's all about evolution, um, believe it or not, because I see songs that are original, but you can definitely see where they're pulling their ideas from, like pulling this vibe, like, oh, this has a very um, Motown a vibe or this has a very uh Joni Mitchell vibe <laughs> you know especially in the coffee house but you can kind of see even though their songs may be totally original but you can kind of a lot of times see their influences or it could be a mix of influences and a lot of times if you ask somebody who they're listening to you can kind of hear like the different influences in their in their songs definitely definitely i mean if you if you play E hammer on G A on a guitar. It can't be anything other than Pink Floyd's "Wish You Were Here." <laughs> right, you know, like right. no matter what you do after that, it everyone immediately as soon as they hear that, boom, 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 they, they've they've gone to Pink Floyd. And I think like everything I hear in the world now, like as original as it may be, reminds me of something else. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Right, I, don't, right. I don't think it's any crime to evolve, to to take an idea and basically remix it. There, There is so much great music out there, especially when you start getting into the, the 70s and 60s. And, and there were just so many greats that it would be a shame if if we didn't go back and, and pull some influences from that music because it was just so raw <laughs> and it was just so you know you could feel the music so I, I i think it would be a shame if if we didn't you know study that music and, and learn from that music honestly so like there, there would be two approaches there you could either never ever listen to any other music so that everything you wrote was at least original to you exactly or you, or you could absorb as much of uh, everything else in the world as you can exactly. and just let what happens happen. And I kind of, I prefer the latter. I, I definitely agree. I, I guess you could um, get into the exotic skills, but then, I mean, <laughs> again, it may not really, <laughs> it may not work. It may work, but I mean, even with the exotic skills and you're getting into those skills, that's still pulling from somewhere. <laughs> right. And I think even if you're working in, in a, in a non like 12 semitone scale, you're still you you're still melding it to or, or molding it to fit what you already know. Exactly. Like what sounds good to you is going to be based on on what your musical history is. That is so true. That is so true. Why, thanks. I got something right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to do our second sponsor and then we're going to jump into the top three and talk a little bit about hardware and software. All right, so our, I should say our third sponsor. It's our third. Um, <laughs> our third sponsor is Harvest, and it's a time tracking system and invoicing tool loved by creative professionals and teams. If you want to do great work, 
Let Harvest take care of the back office tasks so you can focus on delivering your best to clients. Time tracking is easy with Harvest. Simply start a timer from your web browser, your desktop, mobile device, and now from your favorite project manager tool like uh, Basecamp or Trello. It's the most painless way for you and your team to enter time. Harvest has other great features like visual time reports to help you get your project done on time and within budget, ensuring a successful project and a happy client. You can even do invoicing. With just one click, you get professional-looking invoices with multiple payment options, and you'll get paid for all your valuable work. Harvest also has a really cool video highlighting how, how an agency can utilize their service to do great work for their clients. Go to harvest go to getharvest.com slash five by five to watch the video and start your free 30-day trial. After the trial period, use the code five by five five by five at checkout and receive 50% off your first month. All right. So I think I think we've narrowed it down to three top picks, right? Yes. All right. Yes. So why don't you tell me what your first of your top three picks is? My first top pick, pick is Capo. Um, I freaking love that app right there. <laughs> <laughs> I've been um, doing a lot of jazz and just been practicing. You know, I can't really do too much performing right now at this time. So I've been, you know, just learning as much as I can and soaking in as much as I can. And it saves me so much time. <laughs> Instead of going back, especially when it gets into the jazz skills and and uh, all of those things like that, it, it allows me to slow it down and and actually hear what they're doing instead of rewinding it and listening to it again. <laughs> so I love that because it's a time saver when I'm practicing. So basically, like, do you use it on iOS or on the Mac? I usually use it on um, the iPad. So okay. IOS. So so what it is 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 it takes audio tracks. And it lets you change the speed of them without modifying the pitch, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and it's so much more affordable. I think it's like $90 or something. Am I totally off base? I could be totally off base. But on, on the Mac, it was expensive. It was outside of what I wanted to spend to try something out. But right, on iOS, right. on iOS, isn't it like $10? I, let's see. How much was it? It's, I think it's about 20 Either way, it's more, it's more affordable on iOS. So that's where I tried it out and I fell in it's, love with it too. It's great. It's affordable and it's great. <laughs> you know, if you're into learning a lot of new things and, and, and you know, especially um, getting into the more complex uh, music, it's worth it. It's definitely worth it because you can slow it down and you can uh, pick up some things that maybe you didn't hear if it was just at normal tempo. Definitely. All right. Well, that's a great first pick. Um, my first one is going to be the iRig HD. Have you played with that at all? I haven't. I okay. Haven't. So this is it's it's a new version of the iRig, which was uh, it's a guitar interface for iOS that plugs into the headphone jack, but the HD actually plugs into the dot connector. And gives you a fully digital signal from your guitar into your iPhone, iPad, or your Mac. It all it comes with all like lightning and 30 pin and USB connectors. And it's a hundred dollars. And it's the cleanest, cleanest interface I've heard yet uh, for getting my guitar sounds into any recording device. 
Um, I have there. There were a couple I saw at MacWorld that I haven't had a chance to try. But out of the ones I've tried, out of the the IK multimedia set and um, the uh, Line Six set and everything, this one is awesome. There's also one called the iRig Pro, which also includes MIDI, uh, a MIDI interface. But this one is just guitar, and I really I'm digging it a lot. When you combine awesome. it with like when you combine it with like the amp kit or amplitude effects packages, right. you can you can make any sound in the world. It's like having just thousands of dollars of guitar equipment at your fingertips. Okay. You should check it out. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's your second one? Um, I think we mentioned it earlier, but um Cubases. Um because we started out using um, recording in Cubase, it was just so natural and it allows you to just record right there in the iPad without having to jump through a lot of hoops. And, you know, of course, you're more doing it with your hand as opposed to with the Cubase, but it allows you to cut, to paste, you know, it just allows the whole thing uh, to edit it right there. And it makes it very convenient when recording into the iPad. We use this almost every time we record. If we don't record um, directly into the computer, then we're using Cubases. Do you know how much that costs? No. Is it no? Not offhand. I think it's fifty. All right, I'll look that up. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds great. I will check that out for sure. All right. So. I made all of mine kind of music related because I figured that's where we were going. Um, I'm gonna, my second one is actually just a utility for the Mac called Volume Scroll. Okay. And it's a free little utility that lets you, when you're running it, you can just move your mouse cursor up into your menu bar and then scroll up or down and change your volume settings. And uh, so it turns your whole whole menu bar into a scroll-based volume control, which it's it's basically, it's a neat trick. But it's really well done, and you can set the sensitivities so you can control how far you have to scroll to change the volume and uh, or how fast the volume changes when you scroll. Um, it's I'll, I'll link it. It's, uh, like I said, free and a great toy and potentially a really cool tool. Okay. Okay. It's a simple one. <laughs> All right. So go ahead with your number three. Okay, and just had a chance to look it up. The key basis is forty nine ninety nine. Okay, perfect. So, <laughs> so got that. Um, third one, the Voice Live Play GTX. Um, if you've seen any of the videos lately, I've been doing a lot of videos with the with the Voice Live because they have so many cool uh, sounds. It's, it's basically a vocal guitar um, processor pedal. And it just allows you to have more control over your sound and your effects. And especially when you're playing live, if I'm doing a solo show, then I can add in my harmonies. Like, of course, I can add in uh, a top harmony, a bottom harmony, and it just makes that song that much better. So I use it a lot. I used it in, um, I did a video um, with Titanium, and it was basically just the piano and um, the beat was done with the voice like play and the harmonies were done with the voice like play. And it, it really just kind of takes your music to another level, especially when you don't have a band with you or, or if it's a smaller gig, like a coffee house, 
So it really just um, kind of helps that much, you know. So uh, do, does it do like live harmony or are you recording? Are you doing phrase sampling? Live harmony. Live, live harmony. harmony. Right. I can press it and I can get a third above or, you know, I um, pretty much I can put in the key that I'm playing and it uh, uh, add those harmonies. And there's a lot of different um, harmony sets that I can choose from. Um, they have a, a Beatles, they have a Barry White, you know, they even have, <laughs> you know, if you want to be silly, they have a Popeye one, you know, <laughs> so they take. Excuse me. They take all of these different uh, effects and they add it in there. And I mean, there's hundreds to choose from. So it does take you um, getting in there and actually playing with it and seeing what you like. But once you do that, you know, I can take it with me and I can save my favorites and I can save. okay, I like this set for titanium or I can change the key and rename it to my own. So have you ever seen. Impro Improvox is what it was called on the iPhone. I have not. So you're showing me a lot of new things. I'm getting these. <laughs> I'm getting these too. <laughs> Improvox is like a four dollar app that does some pretty cool, like four part harmonies live while you sing into it. Oh, okay. It's it's not. I'm sure it doesn't even compare to the the uh, the voice live, but. It does some really fun kind of, I mean, like recording quality harmonies. Awesome. I'll definitely have to check that out. I'll definitely have to check that one out as well. And, and I, I don't, like voice live. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much the voice live costs, but for $4, <laughs> Improvox is a, a fun, fun uh, vocal tool. That's all right. Seasonal allergies. <laughs> Yeah, down in Texas. Plus, oh yes. And we should tell people why you haven't had a lot of time for performing lately. Oh yes, I mentioned that earlier. So I'm about seven months uh, pregnant. So <laughs> you'll see me in the videos. The videos allow me to be so flexible, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> unfortunately, doing an hour gig right now or doing something like that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit strenuous, <laughs> I would think. Yes. <laughs> well, so congratulations. Thank you so much, live. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Well, my third one, and you might find this one interesting, is called Herd for iPhone. And it, okay. it, it runs in the background, and it listens to everything that, that the microphone can pick up and gives you a five-minute buffer. So it's not actually recording. Well, it kind of is. But it, it, it goes back in time five minutes. So if you're sitting, for example, and, and dinking around on the piano or plucking away on a guitar, and all of a sudden you realize that was something really cool, you can just hit a button in Herd and go back in time and record that. That is so very cool. So you don't yes. have to have the idea and then sit down and start your recorder and start playing it. You can just go back in time. And you can use it in conversations. If someone says something that you want to remember... You can just hit a button and whatever they had already said, it gets mm-hmm. saved. So you don't have to ask anyone to repeat anything. Can you say that again so I remember it? Exactly. It's, it's a handy, It's and it's a free app. Uh, and I think by default, it comes with like a 30 second buffer. So you can go back in time 30 mm-hmm. seconds. But for a buck 99, you can upgrade that and go back in time five minutes at a time. Oh, wow. 
Oh my goodness, that'd be awesome. I'm thinking of so many things that I can use that for. <laughs> it is it's handy. It's handy. And you don't have to have it running in the foreground. You can leave it recording in the background. Okay. So while you so you can be making phone calls, you can be playing games, all this, and still be recording the sound that it's picking up around you. Wow. Okay, that's wow. a definite. I'm I'm getting that one <laughs> because that's awesome. <laughs> I thought you might like that one. Yes, I could definitely use that <laughs> so many different ways. <laughs> All right. Well, that's three and three. That was a good good top three. Awesome. Top seven, six, yes, eight, yes. <laughs> whatever. All right. Well, our fourth sponsor today is Squarespace, the all-in-one hosting platform that makes it easy to create your own website. They're doing something special for September. Uh, you can get a free trial and 20% off if you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code HONEY. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with and tons of style options for you to adjust so you can really create your own space online. Squarespace takes care of the hosting, SEO, and even makes sure your site automatically looks great on any device. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, over 70 Squarespace employees are on the customer care team, which is based in New York City. Their office has even been nicknamed the Care Bear Lair, and they've won numerous awards, uh, most recently a Gold Stevie Award. While you're there, make sure you go check out their homepage, too. It has awesome videos that really show how Squarespace fits everyone differently. Squarespace is always updating their site to f with fun new branding and has won numerous design awards from prestigious institutions like FWA, The Webbies, and Forbes. As I mentioned earlier, you can try Squarespace for free, no credit card required, and if you decide to purchase, it starts at just $8 a month, which includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. Make sure to get 20% off during September and support the show by using the offer code HONEY. Uh, so thanks to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and Systematic this week. All right, so... You have you're a lot of places on the web and on YouTube. What's the primary place you would send people to to see what you're up to and to find your music? The main primary place I would send people to is uh, my website, ellenonceagain.com. And I kind of link everything to my website. So the music is there. If I post a video, you know, I put it in the blog section. Um I post things I like in the blog section as well. So it's kind of like that one-stop shop where you can just kind of go and get everything. So I'm there as well as um, on YouTube. I do a lot of videos there, Reverb Nation and on Facebook. But I think the main place is, is my website because um, you can just go to iTunes from the website. You know, it, it has all the links and I try to keep it as updated as possible. <laughs> sure. So I think that's the most current. And what's your uh, your Twitter handle? <laughs> Twitter.com slash Ellen once again. That's easy enough to remember. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you. Oh, my um, goodness. It's been a great. I've enjoyed it. Yes. I uh, And I do. I, I think everyone should go check out the most recent EP. I'm feeling lucky. Uh, in any you. of the places we mentioned because it is just fantastic oh thank you so much <laughs> and uh, and I am Brett Terpstra I am TT Scoff on Twitter and you can find me at brettterpstra.com and of course here on Systematic 
And uh, we'll be back in one week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.